fam, welcome to Echo Sunday Service. We love that we get to share church with you right at your home. Mm -hmm. We have had a month and a half to get into the groove of in-person gatherings in the midst of COVID. We have learned a lot and we are continuing and taking part in safe distancing. We are masking, we are sanitizing, we are spacing out chairs, we are taking your temperature before you're coming into the space. Yes, we are straight profesh. We know the importance of you seeing each other face to face. So when you're ready, we would love to have you. Now you talk. <laughs> if you're new to <laughs> you're just be scrolling really fast. I was like, where to go? Oh, if you are new to Echo's online service, here is what to expect. We start with our very own Echo Band, not us. We hear a message from Pastor Andy, who happens to be my husband, and we have a time of response all around. 50 minutes. Incredible. <laughs> we want to thank you for your continued generosity this week. We were able to bless the community of Rochester with three, no, not three. Wait, hold on. Do it again. Do it Times again. 10. 33,000 pounds of food. <laughs> it's a huge deal. It's a big deal. Our pop-up pantry served John Marshall and Sunset Terrace schools along with many nonprofits. We could not do this kind of work without you, so thank you. If you are looking to give today, you can do so in two different ways. Head to our website or text any amount to 84321. Thank you for joining us online and enjoy Echo Sunday service. Blessings. God, I pray right now for this morning's message. I pray for the words that we're singing. I pray that they will change our lives, God. I pray right now for you to continue to rescue us, to give us eternal hope for whatever we're facing, God, and just give us a fresh perspective. In your holy name, amen.
this fine home Love is on the move when the father's in the room Prison doors swing wide, the dead come to life Lord, love is on the move when the father's in the
community the cast family is on a road trip living the dream here road trip october snowland yeah and we just wanted to uh pause and just simply lean in and say what up we miss you and we hope that life is good today is the second message within a series that we're calling redefining hope and today we're leaning in and just like uh, trying to learn a few things about mental and emotional health. And so today I present four principles to move closer to life and a little bit further away from death. One of those principles uh, is, is this, is deal with your issues immediately. Christy, do we ever let our issues fester? Yeah, we do. And okay. I'm not a fan of it. I'm all about, I like I like to deal with things immediately, but it's sometimes easy to procrastinate, to avoid, to be in denial, to ignore. And it, what I've learned through circumstances and experiences, it just gets worse, people. Yeah. It's typically with our cars. Yeah, on a lighthearted note, Cass Fam typically buys old cars, new to us. That's how we roll. And about year two of us owning our vehicles, things go down. Mm. So, and it's always doors and windows. And so like Christy having a key fob that works is like a miracle. But we had this Mazda tribute that we had bought and I was super excited to have our first SUV, spent a whopping $6,000 on it. Yep. And it's February and my windows, what, the issue that I had with my windows at the time is I could get them down, couldn't get them back up. Yeah, so there was an issue. We knew the issue was there and it was kind of off and on. Yes, and I would need my window every day for a few things, drive-throughs, I was going to the bank on a regular basis before you could do mobile deposits on your phone. And I went to Think Bank. Well, let's be honest. The drive-through that you're going to is no This day in particular, Think Bank, <laughs> to make a deposit. And I put the window down, and the second I hit the button, I realized, oh no. It's not going so up. So I called Andy, it was negative 30. And I had to drive around with my window down. At negative 30. So what we're trying to say is this. Deal with your issue. 
Which, by the way, the car right now sounds weird. Do you hear that? Yeah. Phenomenal. <laughs> so anyway, hey, lean in. <laughs> and uh, let's see if we can learn something about our mental emotions. We're going to go deal with our van. Yes, we are. We're not called to fake it, let's face it. Whatever we might be feeling emotionally, however we are mentally, however we are physically, I just think the stronger we are as individuals, the stronger we can become collectively. And so what I did is I opened this series up with uh, this Luke chapter six, verse 47. It's this image of a man that has been built well. And when the storms come and the winds come, the, uh, the house won't come crumbling down. And it's all predicated upon this idea. Jesus says that your home, your emotional, your mental state will not fall, uh, fall if, when things are okay, when things are a little settled down, we begin to draw near to God. It says, come to me for those that hear my word and they put it into practice. And so today, I just wanna to continue to just unwrap this idea of redefining hope. Really looking at mental health, looking at emotional health. Now, mind you, I'm a pastor, I am not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm gonna to try to give you the best representation of what I believe God wants to teach us through scripture today. But what we are doing is we're leaning in to some of our friends for help. Hey, welcome Echo Church. I want to introduce you to one of my friends. I've known him for years. Uh, he is a counseling pastor in Austin, Minnesota, the booming metropolitan area <laughs> yes. uh, that is known as the Spam City. Spam Town, USA. Oh, yes. Any thoughts on, on the spectrum of that death to life mm. and any, any encouragement you can give us as we try to better uh, or to move further down yeah. the positive road of that spectrum. Absolutely. Well, it's just so important to realize that again, we all can improve mm -hmm. every single one of us in every area. And that's not to fault us by any means to say that we're a terrible person because we're not so far along in our maturity in whatever area in our lives. No, it's just to remind us that again, there's always room to improve and that's exciting. You know. We like to think that, gosh, if I can just get here to a certain spot, I'll be okay. But the Lord reminds us throughout scripture, but even in Luke 7, very powerful ways, that if we don't keep moving forward, we end up move, moving backwards. And sometimes, you know, in one or more of these, even four areas of our life, of the spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, if we're not working at it, it's slipping away from us. Again, a bonfire or some kind of just outside campfire like that, you know, needs both oxygen and needs fuel. And the oxygen is kind of like the time we put in. If we don't put enough time in again, the fire burns down. And if we don't put enough effort in, because time doesn't always equal effort. You know, it's the intentionality. Are we loving the other person the way they need to be loved? That's like the fuel. The more fuel we put in that fire, the bigger it's going to get, the brighter, the hotter, the, again, the more visible. I'm into gas yeah. for fuel. There you go. So if we can only just do that, right? But there's an issue with the gas idea. What's the issue? Uh, man, I, you know, one time I threw, um, we had a burn barrel. Sure. Growing up. Oh yeah. My dad would burn his garbage. Don't tell him. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't be telling you that. But uh, bottom line is um, we'd always start a little bit yeah. of gas. And, mm -hmm. and I threw that, that, sure. uh, that, what is it called? A match in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I lost all my eye probably. Oof. I used to have hair too. Right. So, so I, <laughs> the fuel there, the gas, the, you know, kick it, you know, really let's kickstart it and then really kind of kick yeah. me back. 
when I tell you what, you know, that's the first impulse we all have. We're like, okay, so how do I just get this thing going? How can I just quick fix it? You know, and, and God is, of course, very quick to step in and say, whoa, you're gonna lose your eyebrows. You're gonna lose your hair. You, you might actually get hurt or hurt someone else yeah. because in things that have quality, there's rarely a quick fix. <laughs> Oh man, some of you are judging my dad for burning. Uh, and honestly, I'm just glad to have eyebrows today. Um, but we've all done that. We, we, we are people, I think, that like the idea of the microwave. And I think when it comes to our spiritual growth, and I said mental, emotional, physical, it really is just a daily, one step at a time type of activity. And so let's not forget that. In fact, I just want to let you know, if, if you ever come to me and like, Andy, I really need some counseling. I really need some advice. I just want to let you know, Todd is one of our number one people that we refer to uh, because he is just a godly man and has got such great advice. And obviously you got to see that today. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter seven. We're going to continue in Luke chapter seven for the next three weeks. I, I think what's really cool is in this chapter, after Jesus presents this idea of how a man or a woman can be well built, be, be on those, all those areas of life, uh, he begins to depict and he starts telling stories of people that are edging towards the scale of death. They're a little bit on that edge or experience death itself. And that's not anything different than this very story that was right after the story we talked last week. Luke seven eleven says, soon after Jesus went to the town called Nain, which man, Praise the Lord for easy names in the Bible. And his disciples and a large crowd came along with him. Let me tell you a little bit about Nain. Nain is geographically six miles away from where Jesus grew up. And I'm just telling you how the faith, the Jewish faith worked back then is that it was very geographic. It was very situational. It was very locational. And so I can guarantee you that Jesus grew up hearing stories about what happened around Nazareth. And Nain was one of those cities. And we're going to find here later as we go into uh, another story. There's another city right next to it called Shuman or Shun, Shunem. And Jesus would have heard those stories. I think of how, when I was growing up, uh, man, I, rem I, you know, I grew up in the same town for 18 years. And when I bring my children back to Stevens Point, uh, what do we do? We, when I'm driving past, I'm like, that is my middle school or that is my junior high. That is my high school. That is my favorite ice cream place in the world. Can I hear amen for belts? Uh, for those that have ever had it. And uh, so, you know, I tell my, my daughters that, and then I'm, I'm kind of odd, I'm a skateboarder. And so when I'm driving past a rail or a set of stairs or a gap or some curb, I'm like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I, did, uh, yeah, I broke myself right there. Um, but I think we do that and we are situational. We're contextual and, and, and Jesus, I believe what he's about to share is directly related to something that happened just a hill away on the other side of the hill from Nain, just a few miles away. And so before we go and talk about what Jesus did at Nain, what I want to do is just lean into second Kings chapter four, verse eight through 36. And again, if you want to flip over there, you can, or turn to that. We'll eventually get back to Luke seven, but this is a profound story of a woman who's taking care of and just being hospitable, hospitable to a prophet that comes through her town. 
And she was so hospitable that what she did is she said, you know what, I like you staying with us as our family. I'm going to create a room just for you. And she did, she did that. And she, she began to get to know this man named Elisha. And this one year, Elijah came and he came and visited and stayed in the house. And she was so greatly appreciative, appreciative to the care of this Shumanite woman that he looked at her and said, what can I do for you? How many of you know this world would become a lot better if we would just look at someone, regardless of how we feel, how we look, our mental outlook. We just looked at someone else and said, what can I do for you? And this woman does that. And does that time and time again. And finally, Elisha gets the point. You know, he kind of goes, okay, well, maybe I should do something for you. And he goes, what would you want? And he noticed that she had never had a child. And he goes, what if, what if I would pray, I would seek my God that you would have a child? He suggested this idea. And this tells you kind of her emotional state, what she's given up in life a little bit with. She said, no, my Lord, man of God, don't lie to your servant. Because I believe this woman allowed her dream to die. She wanted to just lay to rest all her hurts and say, you know, I don't want to continue to look back or look in the future of something that may never come my way. But what happens in the story is a child is born. She has this baby boy. And obviously, if you've ever struggled having children and then you have a child, it is something extra special. And what this story goes into next is dad takes this son out to the field and is training the son to work in his trade and, and to follow in dad's footsteps. And what happens in this one particular day is the child starts saying, dad, my, da my head hurts. My head hurts. And the dad picks up the son and as this child is struggling, lays him on his mother's lap and dies there. Some of you are like, way to be happy today, Andy. Really, really, honestly, way to evoke some emotion. See, I believe if we're human today, we begin to feel that hurt. We begin to feel the heaviness of that moment and, and just like putting ourselves in the shoes of this woman. And I believe what this woman does next is something that we can learn from. And I believe if we'd all respond as she did in the pursuit of hope and help, we'd all be better. We would be closer to the scale of life than we were to death. At least today, I think if we would do exactly as she did, I believe what we would, well, maybe not exactly, uh, but we do most of the principles of what she said, we would inch towards life and what God desires for you. Let's read it in 2 Kings 4, 24. She said, after this died, after she laid her son on the bed, lying there lifeless, she saddled the donkeys and said to her servant, lead on and don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she went out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. And when, she saw, when he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant, look, there's the Shumanite. Now run to meet her and ask her these things. Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? And when he came to her, he asked those things and she looked at this servant and said, everything's okay. I mean, we can relate to this. I know some of you walked in here today and someone asked you, how you doing? You said, I'm doing well. 
when today is a struggle. This last week has been difficult. But I believe what she, she wanted to do uh, is, is she wanted to talk directly to the prophet, to the man of God. She didn't want to play any kind of games. In fact, I think if we want to encourage our mental and emotional health and even physical, it would, it would, it would honestly work really well. If we, if we wanted to start working on those areas of our life, we would begin to accept a mentor into our life. We want a better mental health than accept a mentor into our life. I mean, that's why I believe in counselors. I think they're great. I believe in that older brother. I believe in that mother, father type of figure. I believe in, in phys- physical trainers. Y'all can, you all know what I'm saying? We all need some help somewhere. And so she didn't want to go to just the servant. She wanted to go directly to the prophet. And she did that. And when she reached the man of God in verse 27 at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. And the, and the prophet's servant, Gehazi, came over and pushed her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress, bitter distress. But the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. See, I believe we would become a better community. We would be better individuals. We would be better neighbors if we would start looking for things that we are missing. What is around us that we're just not tuning in and seeing? The other thing is this. I think we become a better church community. We'd be a better dad. We'd be a better mom. We'd be a better friend. If we just start asking ourselves, who are we missing? And this prophet, he couldn't see it, but this spurred an idea in him. And this woman, in response to Elisha, said this, Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? Didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes? Don't raise my hopes. See, I believe there are people that have walked into Echo today, some people that are watching online. That is your attitude. You have submitted to this idea of coping. But I can't tell you this today. Coping is not hoping. And this woman was angry because the blessing that that was given to her is now taken away. I believe that she was trying to balance, I believe, trust and hope. She wasn't there at the prophet just to complain, but I believe she was looking back, appreciating what he had given her through, you know, obviously with God's help, but she was still hoping and allowing Elisha to step in and allow God to do something miraculous. Dr. Fulce says this, trust and hope are these delightful twins. Trust looks back and hope looks forward. And Elijah said to the servant, tuck your cloak into your belt. That means get ready to run. Take my staff in your hand and run. And verse 30, but the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and he followed her. See, I believe if we're going to redefine, if we're going to hold on to hope today, let us be just like the Shumanite woman. If we're going to take a step forward life, then I believe we got to apply one of, or if all or apply these four principles. The first thing she did in verse 22 is she went immediately. 
when she experienced that horrible scenario of her son having the physical death, she laid him on the bed and went right directly to where she thought she could get help. See, I believe most of our issues that we feel mentally and emotionally is because we've laid them on the table or on the shelf and they begin to collect dust and they begin to fester and those once seeds begin to turn into weeds. I'm preaching way better than you're responding. It's one of those moments, if we're being honest, Keith, right? The deal is this, is we, we know it's true. And I got to be honest, this last week is difficult. It was really difficult because to, on, on Tuesday morning, I, I received a text message of a person that wanted to talk to me and I knew it wasn't going to be good. Y'all get one of those texts before? And maybe because I got to preach on Sunday, I decided to deal with it right away. <laughs> I got to be an example. A lot of times I'm not that great at it, but what I did on Tuesday, I made that phone call. I, we, made, we had that discussion. We figured out the issues. I sought counsel after that. And by Wednesday night, guess who wasn't thinking about it anyway, anymore? And I think we would become better individuals if we would respond immediately. Ephesians 4.26, I hate this scripture. <sighs> Don't sin by letting your anger control you. This is the part I hate, Christy. You know what I mean? Don't let the sun go down. Don't let the sun go, go down while you are still angry. Amen. Shoot. I mean, honestly, I believe we become emotionally more stable if we just deal with our issues right away. The second thing she did is she asked for help. And we saw the story, she leans, she runs, and she, she looks at her servant, and as she goes to her servant, she, that servant runs ahead and makes you know, preparations for the, the prophet to hear her, and when the prophet sees her coming, the prophet sends his servant, and when she reaches the servant, the servant, she's like, no, I don't want your help, I want the help from the source. And I gotta be honest, there are some sources in life that are not that great. So if we're going to ask for help, then choose wisely. Everybody say, choose wisely. And when she went to that help, when she went to her mentor, when she went to the person that she understood and she was leaning in for that help, she was honest. I mean, just take a deep breath here today. I know you've all been in situational dynamics, maybe at work, and someone's asking you, do you have a problem? And you're like, no, nope. but you do <laughs> because your boss or your superior, your manager comes to you and, and, and you have a massive problem with your coworker, but you don't want to get them in trouble or, or you're not very happy with them. I, I'm guilty as, as, as just as bad as you are. It's so easy to feel the pressure of pleasing someone and laying honesty aside. The, I, I think we'd become better if we'd just be a little bit more honest. And then lastly, as Elisha looks at his servant and says, go, go to the child and go do what I instruct you to do. She looked at the, the servant and she goes, no, you don't. She was persistent. 
See, I think if we're going to become a better version of ourselves, we need to never give up. We need to persist. We need to respond immediately. We need to ask for help. We've got to be honest and we got to keep going. And if it doesn't work the first time, guess what? Rewind and do it again. Can I hear an amen? See, the story ends with her son being brought back to life. See, I believe Jesus would have heard this story. He would have been familiar with what just happened a few miles away from where he grew up. And what Jesus does next is he lives this story out. But instead of the mother coming to Jesus, instead of the mother coming to Elijah, Jesus goes to her. You know why? Because that's what Jesus does. That's another place where you could have inserted an amen. That's really good. How many are glad that Jesus goes to you? That Jesus is seeking after you. Some of you are like, no, I found God. No, he found you. Some of you are like, what's your problem today, Andy? I didn't have my second cup of coffee. I'm a little angry. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm being dishonest. I'm not angry at all. Luke 7, 12 says this, as he approached Jesus, as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. Listen here, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And the large crowd from the town was with her. When we read the, the detail that this mother was a widow and, she, and he was his own, her only son, what you have to hear is this, is she has no future protection. She has no provision. She has lost her hope. And as Jesus wants to walk into her life and begin to redefine hope, she is found hopeless. And when the Lord saw her, listen to, listen to this, he had compassion for her and he said, don't cry. So I think at the initial onset and looking at that scripture and you read, don't cry, I think you could get this sense of insensitivity. See, I don't believe that Jesus is being insensitive because he can look at us and ask us to not cry because I believe Jesus is is displaying the balance of power and compassion. And I believe as individuals, as we have the power to make a difference and as as we have a compassion to care, we can truly make a difference. Let's look at this word compassion really quickly. Compassion is feeling from the deepest part with love and pity. That's the biblical definition. If you read a few different references of that use compassion, you would get that out of it. So Jesus is feeling from the deepest sense of his being this love and pity and this hurt and this pain. And just as I was telling you the story of the woman who lost her son and had her son laid upon her lap, that feeling, that emotion that you felt, Jesus had that 10 times the level in that very moment. See, I believe this world would be much better place if we'd actually listen to how we feel. I'm not saying being led by your feelings. I think there is a difference, but let's be honest. Let me just say it like this. I think the world needs more hugs. (laughs) I'm saying social distant hugs, not allowed in the house here today. Otherwise we'll get an email. When no one's looking, go back in the alley and give someone a hug. (laughs) I'm so evil. It's ridiculous. 
Oh, I'm so dumb. Man, come on, Andy. Keep moving on here. I'm having too much fun. You guys are awesome. I just believe the world needs more hugs. Let me say it like this. What if we'd let our, what if we would let our, let me, I want to make this clear. What if we would let compassion become our compass? What if we become aware of how we feel so much so that we become aware of how everybody else is feeling? We would allow compassion to be our compass. The other references to this word compassion that Jesus uses in scripture are two other stories. It's the story of the good Samaritan when the religious would pass. The enemy felt compassion for the hurting man in the ditch. If an enemy can feel compassion, I'm just wondering if we could feel compassion for our loved ones, for those that are around us. The other reference to this word compassion, very unique reference is the story of the prodigal son. And this father had compassion. He had so much compassion. He let it, he put aside care. He rolled up his robe and he ran after his son, knowing that it didn't matter what people would view as view as or view him as that it, it demanded an immediate response to lay aside his feelings of what people think about and care for those around him. Let's conclude this morning. In fact, band, you can come back up uh, in verse 14. It says, then he went up, Jesus went up and he touched the coffin. He touched the bed in which the body was laid in which they were carrying him on. And just to let you know, for Jesus to do that as a rabbi, to do that as a spiritual leader would define him as unclean. Unclean for days. See, I believe in our pursuit of health, in the pursuit of helping others, in, 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 in the pursuit of taking steps towards life, we need to understand that the level of darkness and dirt that we will touch will begin to define the level of life we will experience or we will give. See, Jesus touched the coffin to physically display his compassion was more important than his own purity. It's a big idea that I want you to hear today. I think if we become a better community, we become better individuals, better dad, better mom. I'm beating that on, on you know, its head today because I believe that Jesus is just whispering in this story. And he, what, what he wants to say to us, what he wants to show us this, this is the big idea. Even though it hurts like hell, I'm willing to go there with you. You just close your eyes, or you just bow your heads. It's for focal reasons. When was the last time you looked in the mirror and you're like, even though it's gonna hurt really, really, really bad, I'm going there. And I believe Jesus is looking at you today and inside, and he's just simply saying, you know, I know it hurts, but I will go there with you. Those that were carrying the bodies, they stood there and Jesus spoke directly to the issue. He said, this young man, I say to you, get up. 
And I believe today is one of those moments. If you're watching online or you're in the building, Jesus is looking at you right now and he's saying, get up. And it's not because he's insensitive. It's because he has the power to immediately make the difference. I believe what Jesus does is he speaks directly to the issue. And just as Elijah steps into the man's room, it's kind of odd what he does, but I believe there's a lesson to be found. He walks in and said he laid down and he went mouth to mouth. He went eye to eye and he went hand to hand with this dead boy. And he began to pray and life was breathed within him. And I believe that if we're going to take a step towards life today, then we've got to speak directly to what we're talking about. We've got to speak directly to what we're gazing at. We've got to speak directly to what we put our hands on and Allow God, allow Jesus into those spaces and say, get up, let go, look somewhere else and look towards me. And in the story with Jesus, the dead man sat up and began to talk. And what did Jesus do? He went directly to the death and that person who is life and he gave her, him to his mother. And the people responded, God has come to help his people. See, God is in the business of redefining our hope. No more faking it. Today is the day we face it. Today is the day we immediately look and say, Jesus, do your work. Today is the day we begin to ask. Would you help us, Lord? We're leaning into you, Jesus. We're going to lean into godly mentors. Would they come alongside us? Today is the day we're going to be honest and agree today that we're not okay. And we're going to take a moment and we're going to display our hurt and pain to you, Jesus, saying, guess what? We lay this at your feet. And today is the day we don't give up. And next week, we'll come back and we'll do the same. See, I believe Jesus, when he came to this earth, he said, I know it's going to hurt, but I'm going to go there with you anyway. And some of you came into this place, you feel like you're far from God. You feel like you're distant. Some of you walked in here, you don't have a relationship with God. You don't know what that even entitles, entails. But today, Jesus is calling you by name what he did on earth and how he put himself on that cross and died this death for you is your way to have a relationship with God, your way to know God. And he's inviting you to take a step today. And this simple step today is just a simple prayer. It's not everything, but it's the beginning of saying, God, I don't have the answers, but you do. And wherever you go, I'm going to follow. So today, Echo Church, will you just repeat? Will you read this prayer with me this morning? Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, today we lean into you. Would you do something today immediately? 
And for those that come in here victorious, would you celebrate with them? For those that don't know what they're thinking, will you just bring clarity? For those that don't know how they're feeling, make them aware. And Jesus, for those that are hurting, renew us from the inside out. Redefine the hope that's found in Jesus alone. Amen. Will you stand with us as we worship this morning?
What a powerful word today. What a reminder to believe that Jesus is the answer, but also know that it's a process, that it's a journey, and he's walking with us to draw us closer to him. What if we as a church did what Andy said and used compassion as our compass? I believe that would make a huge difference in all the surrounding communities, and I think it changed our lives as well. God loves you and cares about you so much that he encourages you to do the best things, to be kind, to love others, and to be generous with all you have. When we at Echo encourage you to give, it's not about the money, honestly. It's about relying on God and trusting Him. The Bible says give cheerfully and know that God will use it to advance His kingdom and make a difference. Now, if you said that prayer along with Pastor Andy, would you make sure and connect with us? If you said that for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, we want to know you. We want to walk with you. We want to be a part of that journey we just talked about. Also, if you're new to Echo, maybe this is the first time or first couple times you've watched one of our, our services, we want to know you too. Make sure you connect with us by the email down below. Now, did you guys hear about the baby strawberry that was crying? This is so great. Uh, it's mom and dad, we're in a jam. <laughs> Be kind, have a great week.